0: so wonderful to be with you to be secure in you to have the understanding that we have of your great covenant of peace and of love and of mercy that is threaded throughout our lives in fact it is our life father we thank you for that that at the proper time you sent your son and he rescued us and caused us to be part of your great plan of salvation and we thank you for that Thank you Father to open up your understanding to us through your word today. In Jesus name, Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So praise the Lord. Today we are going to talk about the crucible. Crucible. The crucible. It was a play by, I don't know who wrote it or book. It was in, about um, some pilgrims or Quakers or something like that but anywho I forget it's been so long but uh, (laughs) I think it's important an important part of understanding the whole Christian walk because it's it's uh, important that we understand why we're here now if I asked everybody in here what they believe the goal uh, their Christian life is all about, I'd probably get as many different answers as there are people. Because we all have our an idea of what we believe that we're doing here. You know, the goal of Christian life, well, we're to serve God and, you know, preach the gospel, reach the laws, blah, 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 blah. But really what God is after is, is uh, shaping us in the image of Christ. This is the conformity thing. Because what started with your born again experience is a new creation. And that creation, new creation, as long as you walk the earth, the new creation is being conformed to the image of Christ. So, and part of that conformity is the work of the ministry. That we we all know we're called to that. But there has to be a fitness for the work of the ministry and that fitness is the conformity that we're able to to make to the image of Christ and I think we need to understand that there is a process by which we're conformed our salvation is is secure because Calvary was a total work So in the Bible even says that we're sealed unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit of promise. So that means that there's a security there that God secures us. Other than that Calvary would still be lacking some things. If we weren't really secure in our salvation then the cross really didn't do everything. Now if the cross did everything then that means that we have uh, a certain aspects still that have to be uh, put in place because we're still here on earth going through stuff you know we're still being we have to pray we have to worship we have to read the word we there's so many things that that are 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 doing so really we we know that because calvary was a complete work that means that our born again experience gave us the seed of the life of god everything starts out with a seed that reproduces after its own kind so you have the seed of the life of God put in you with that word that you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth when Christ came into your heart and you were born again then God begins to lead us into different experiences spiritual experiences so that we can add to that seed so calvary was a complete work in that it provided in seed form everything that we need to complete this life what we do when we walk out this daily life is we either allow that seed to grow or we inhibit its growth this is the whole thing and if you're led by the spirit of God he is leading you into righteousness which allows that seed to grow prosper, mature bear more fruit see this? You're, it's a conformity thing where you are being shaped and molded a certain way we're not here free to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it and to be deceived into believing that everything that we do is an option in God. There are things that are must do's because of the leading of the Holy Spirit. See if the Holy Spirit didn't lead us there wouldn't be some uh, uh, things that are mandatory. Some things that are commanded. For instance we are commanded to love. And if we decide that we don't want to love, then the Holy Spirit has to let us know that there's an error there in us. Because he is the spirit of righteousness and holiness. So he's leading us into righteousness so that we can continue to grow in that fruit and conform more and more and more to the image of Christ. If we pull against that and we feel that we have the freedom to act unrighteously then we take away he has to let us know that that's an error there and that we're going to suffer a loss for that because there will be unrighteousness deposited in our lives there will be an unrighteous deposit somewhere and that seed will continue to grow as long as we yield to unrighteousness. That's why there are some people who start off real strong in God and they run and run and run. They're on fire for God and then all of a sudden they, <laughs> they hit something that they can't get over. And it's because God is trying to steer them, continue to steer them in righteousness and they've picked up some error in their thinking you know something uh, i need a break or you know i need me time or something stupid like that you know that it's always a little fox that spoils the vibe. it's never anything you know big like let's go take some you know smoke some crack or something like that you know it's always a subtle drawing away you'll get to the crack pipe you know what i'm saying eventually but as a christian but the devil just come off of that right after church all of a sudden he go come on let's go right? now he gets you know in things that that will entice us you know a little selfishness a little self-indulgence a little me time a little i'm yeah yeah i can't do this and all that kind of stuff and eventually you get there mm mm-hmm and and so that's the way it goes it's it's an error an errancy in our heart so what is a crucible a crucible really is in a, in a natural sense it's a vessel now the word crucible the root of it is the same as cross hmm crucifix crux crucible They're all the same thing. So if the root of it is cross. Then we know it's something that has to do with sacrifice. And it has to do with an object of sacrifice. Or an object of of self. uh, Of uh, dying to self or death to self. You know pick up your cross and follow me. So a crucible is a vessel that holds <clears throat> uh, it, it's made of refractory material something like porcelain and that's a material that tends to allow heat to increase it without it changing its composition too much so it doesn't expand too much when it's heated so you can trust it to hold, um, hold some material and is used for melting and calcinating a substance that requires a high degree of heat a crucible the definition of that word also is severe test. Severe. Mm-hmm. Not little test. Severe test. A crucible is also a place or situation. In which concentrated forces. Interact to cause or influence change or development so it's a place or situation in which concentrated forces interact to cause or influence change or development and God will provide the crucible I don't care what you do it's going gonna, it's gonna to always be there. There will be something. You know many people will say things like. <clears throat> well you know uh, I didn't know it was going to be this much work. When I got married to get along with my spouse. See there's a crucible. Because you're in a situation. Where concentrated forces are interacting. To cause a change in you. Not to defeat you or cause you to be unhappy. All you happy lovers out there, just, you know, think God's a happy place all the time. Sometimes God's a place of meditation. A crucible is a place where you slow down and you focus and you begin to understand more what God's doing. It's like, God, if I can't get out of this, if this isn't the devil, I've been rebuking him all day and nothing's changed. If this isn't the devil and it's you, Then I need to settle down and focus and understand what you're doing and cooperate with you. So that when this thing is over, we both get what we came after. You got me? Now, many people don't think that's God. They don't think God does things like that. You know, they think... I I can remember... listening Dottie Rambo you all know her as a uh the late Dottie Rambo she, she wrote so many songs we shall behold him all these glorious songs that she wrote I mean she wrote like heaven opened up to her and many people uh have that ability to get together with God in their gift and in their flow and in in the familiar but you all know we have a full life in God. You, you just don't, You're not just a, a voice and a singer, and somebody who has a gift. But you're a person. You're a wife. You're a mother. You're you know a, a, a co-worker in the ministry. You're a church member. You're all of these things. And so she had. She started suffering with back problems and was in very very bad back pain. And got to the point where she wasn't able to uh, go around and minister and perform and all those things that, you know, I mean, and she was like, you know, sometimes people have that thing on them that just their gift makes room for them and puts them in high places she had that and she worked alongside of her husband and they both wrote songs together and sang and and he supported her but she was the principal songwriter and then she started coming down with this back pain and I remember her you know famous people kind of make the rounds you know they go to all the great ones you know they go to your uh, Oral Roberts they go to Benny Hinn they go to this person that person and I remember her being interviewed by Pat Robertson and he asked how she was doing of course he prayed for her and he counseled her and you know they they take care of each other you know and so she was she was on there and she said well she said somebody told me to use your faith to get your healing and she was laughing about it and she said now I don't know anything about living by faith she said now I know some people who do it she said but you know how Buck and I live you know everything that we got we got through our singing and our and we never had to really do this faith stuff she just was honest about it And it was kind of a chuckle to her because here she was thinking that I guess her gift would take take care of everything she needed and there she needed to be healed and she realized she didn't understand anything about faith, anything about the word or how it worked and she's singing songs about heaven where where she's seeing jesus and the the heavens opening up we shall behold him she knows scripture and she understands but she never put it to use in her own life and here's the test the crucible see she's in it now whenever you're in the testing of god you will make it through if you accept and understand and let god walk you through Let him teach you. Let him demonstrate to you. Let him show you. But you cannot avoid everything that's unpleasant as a believer. You will never. The Bible tells you plainly there's trouble in this world. How on earth are you going to escape, and why would you want to escape? If God has endowed us with this so great salvation, why would you want to escape everything? And avoid everything thinking you're living a full life in Christ. There are certain things that God has ordained for us as part of our inheritance that we can't skip over. Hmm? You can't skip over. You can't pick and choose your, your, your Christian walk. You, you, you submit to it. And that's, that's how it's done. And these things are done for our development to cause us to conform to the image of Christ must conform so we are in a testing field any progress beyond basic salvation requires testing and we must pass these tests in order to determine our spiritual development just like you have testing in school to determine if you go to the next grade or not you got me You need to know what you know and they need to know what you know. Now God already knows what we know. So the testing really is for us to know what we've got. See so we know what we can do. We know what we need to trust God for. We know how we need to pray. Can I go to this situation just going by faith not knowing what God wants to do with me when I get there. And trust that when I get there he will help me get through the situation. See, And so these are the, 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 the melting pots. The refining fires. All of those things that, that go on in the Christian's walk. <clears throat> this is part of it. Romans 8.29, twenty will turn there. It says here, for whom he did foreknow, speaking of God, that's us. We are foreknown by God. Now, our first meeting with him, we first know him when we're born again. We've heard about him and and heard a lot of lies, some truths and all that. When you hear the truth about God, that's what allows his spirit to come inside of you and you're born again. But he did foreknow us. So it says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate To be conformed to the image of his son. So, everything that has happened in your life and continues to happen in your life is a predestined arrangement between you and God to cause you to be conformed to the image of Christ. God created man in his image, but in the fall, we lost contact with God. See if you lose contact with something, you don't know how to fit into it. It's like, <clears throat> for instance, you get dressed in the morning and you look in the mirror and, and you have a lot of activities through the day. And if you think about some of your activities, you say, Mm, I was hanging upside down at the gym. Maybe I better check my hair and see if it's standing up or laying down or what it's doing. You got me? So you have to check in with the mirror to check to see what you look like. And that's all we're doing in God. We're checking in with the word of God and with the spirit of God. To check and see what we look like. The testing is this. Can you hold the pose for as long as God tells you to hold it? Or are you just bogan? Huh? See, if you're trying to hold it in your own little religious strength and fool the saints into thinking that you don't have any problems in your life and you're all cool and all that, you're going to crack. The minute the heat's put under you, you're going to crack terribly. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. So God wants us to be able to hold the pose wow. no matter what situation you're in. Yeah. No matter what, you've got to hold the pose. And it can't be under self-control. But let me tell you what happened. God will arrange something that catches you unawares. And what comes out of you is what's really in you. You got me? (laughs) It's always something. We think we're on the way to a blessing and it's a trial every step of the way. Hmm? And so God wants to make sure that we can hold that post. And so that, that crucible will be there as long as it takes for God to get the the uh, dross out. The impurities out. You know if he pinches you and you say ouch and you say it real long. And stand there and rub yourself and whine. And got to tell 15 saints you need prayer and all that. He turns the heat up. <laughs> So many more degrees. Huh? Think about the Hebrew boys. When they had the fire up. And then Nebuchadnezzar said "Nah, I really want them to burn. And they turned it up that much hotter. But when they went through they still withstood it. So really it should not matter to us the severity of the test. As long as we know who we are going in there with. How we yield to his power. And what we do it should not matter to us. What the temperature is or the duration of the test. Mm-hmm. If there was any contribution Fred Price made to the Basic word of faith message was uh, the, the aspect of time cannot matter to you. Amen. If you're expecting God. Time, duration, intensity is such an aspect of faith in God and trust in God. That if we don't have that and we can't demonstrate that. Then it's it, we're not going to get much out of this life if we got to be able to rebuke everything instantly and see it move instantly, and we go about our merry way. We're not going to be much use to God, and so time, intensity, and duration must be zero of importance. So He predestinated us to be conformed to the image of His Son, for this purpose. That Jesus might be the firstborn of a lot of people. He wants a lot of people. And so God wants a lot of us conformed to the image of Christ. He just doesn't want one son anymore. He wants all of us to be exactly like Jesus. We are to be that. He is our example. He is our example for how to respond under pressure. How to respond in good times. How to respond when people disrespect you. How to respond when they challenge who you are. Your identity. Your legitimacy. Your authority. He is the example. And so we're going to go through difficulties just because we're being conformed. That's the only way. You can't confess your way into the image of Christ. Are you kidding me? This is way beyond a confession. Confession is something you use for the devil. Jesus knows the word. Uh, And he knows if you're talking in faith and if you're talking by the spirit or not. so why do we have the test hmm? test lets you know if you qualify the testing is always the qualifier not your good behavior not your i haven't done this i don't do that i do this right the, Uh, uh-uh. uh, they got nothing to do with nothing that's all well and good but what qualifies you is the the thing that you can't control that god puts you under that proves who you really are. Hmm? We want to qualify for what God's making us into, hmm? conforming to the image of His Son. Well, you know, I think there's more to it than that. You just get that part right. Just get that part right. Hmm? Well, What difference does it make if I conform to the image of his son? Well <clears throat> in the book of Revelation it talks about a city that we claim we are on our way to. <laughs> Revelations 21.18 You don't really have to turn there. I'll read it. it says in the building of the wall of it the city was a jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass now we're living in a city of pure gold that has no darkness in it no darkness whatsoever you can understand very well if the city is like that the inhabitants have to match the city or there's going to be darkness there so, God begins the refining process down here on earth. It can't all start up there and everybody be refined. God takes us home with Him when we have entered into the process of yielding to Him without fighting. That's why a lot of people go to heaven on the deathbed because they finally quit fighting the process. You got me? The Bible says that we are conformable unto our own deaths. That's what we're conforming to. Death to the flesh. To the old flesh life. To the old self life. We tolerate too much dross in our lives. We don't allow God to put that refining thing in there. So we can come forth. So we did Romans eight twenty nine. We're conformable to the image of Christ. Philippians three ten tells us that we're to conform to His death. We conform to His life by conforming to the same death that He died, and that's death to His own self and His own flesh. Paul says <clears throat> this. He says all the things that I thought. Were important about me. You know all the stuff that all of my credentials. And all my credits. And you know all the stuff I use to to be a big man around here. He says I count those things. In verse 8. Verse 7. But what things were gained to me. Those I counted lost for Christ. Now there are some things that. That sneak by for a few years you know sometimes if you know you've worked hard and for a career and all of that and that's real important to you you know god may let you hold on to that for a while that'll be your nini. you get to <laughs> when you feel feeling lonely you go get your nini and go chew on that <laughs> And he says he counted those loss. See, so you count them. It's how you. How do they figure in in your thought life? How do they figure in in what you do from day to day? How do these things figure in? So Paul says he counted them as loss. So that's step number one in conforming to the death of Christ. Anything that pertains to this world and this life has to count zero. I've heard have people come come up to me and oh oh gosh, you were you were you know all breathless and stuff. Oh, you you you, you did all that schooling for nothing. I said, Are you kidding me? Nothing's ever for nothing. If God didn't want me going through, it, He'd have snatched me out a long time ago. You you understand what I'm saying? And and if they had the education, they'd be doing the same thing, doing nothing. They don't even have enough motivation to go out and get a piece of paper. They're gonna tell you you wasted all of yours. What would you know about it? Oh, it's the truth. People count you know, people always think more highly of themselves than they ought to. He says, What things were gained to me? I count a loss for Christ. Yea doubtless and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Yeah, you know I think about some of the things that, that God just does sometimes. And I think, how did I get here from where I started? Uh, you know, where I was when he found me, I, I've gotten here from there. How did that happen? You know, I, you walk into a supermarket and somebody's been in pain for like three years. And God tells you it's their time. Touch them and that pain leaves them. How did you get there from I mean, come on now, folks. That's the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. That's being conformed to His image. That's that's standing still and not whining and not carrying on every time God takes your nini away from you. Amen. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. He said that it, things that that I used to do in the world they only come, come, compare. You know degrees are standing between you and God. Man you better get a grip. You got me. You better get. I don't care if God sent you to school. You better count it. Put it in the lost column. Because if you don't move it over. He'll move it over for you. Because that's where it belongs. I said that's where it belongs. And nothing compares with the knowledge of of God. You know, and if if you you desire to to obey God in doing supernatural ministry. Now, I know everything that's anointed is is anointed by God, but I'm talking about him confirming his word with signs following. Then you better you better know how to die to yourself because he will put you on a path and put people in front of you that if you are late and you don't want to do stuff and you have to convince yourself that he doesn't he doesn't annoy people like that though. You got to get way beyond that to, to get power like that. But once God anoints you and he confirms your word he'll put people in your path out of almost nowhere. You wonder how did God do this? How did he get that person here and me here at the exact same time with a divine appointment? I mean God think about what he does to get his children involved in conforming and, and demonstrating who Jesus is in the earth. And we'll sit up and get mad because we don't have money to pay a stinking bill that we created in our disobedience. And we're mad at God because he won't pay it for us. It's the truth. i was over at pastor shirley's one time you know and i don't even go over there when it's dark i don't like driving over i don't even remember the streets anymore and you know i'm saying like oh okay gosh you know and the glasses you getting getting bifocals and all this kind of stuff i just rather be riding or something it's, and i'm sitting up there and i'm i'm sitting there and i'm just talking i'm thinking i said oh brothers so it got dark now i gotta do my hour drive back over to my house and <laughs> For some reason, I stopped at a supermarket. Now it's already getting dark, and I'm stopping at the supermarket on her side of town. It's gonna be darker. Said so that's not me, and I just had to stop there for whatever reason. And I was I was driving the ministry van. I don't know. I don't even like driving that thing. I'm not I'm not a fangirl. girl. You know, more sedan in the back seat and. You know, that kind of stuff. Somebody in the front <laughs> so I can sleep. But, uh you know, it just so many things that are not like me normally. And so I'm in the ministry van. I'm backing out of the supermarket. I've gone in there and bought stuff I shouldn't. Pate with with crackers with oil on them and, you know, all the fat stuff. And <laughs> can we go home and tie one on. You know, put my feet up and click me some, some, you know, TV or more food on the television. And as I'm backing out, I just, you know, stop in there trying to wait and see if anybody's coming. Somebody knocks on the ministry van window. A little elderly lady. And she says, can you pray for me? And I'm thinking, God, where did she come from? Who is she? And she was telling me that she had a grandson that had. uh, uh, they thought he might have meningitis. I'm thinking my God. You know when you think back the years you were a nurse kids died from that. In a very uncomfortable death. Nothing they could do for them. Still that way in a lot of cases. And so I told her. I said, "Of course, I'll pray for you." And I said, "You know, we just had a healing school last Saturday." She said, "I know. I saw you on television." She said, "I missed it." She said, and "I asked God if He would bring you." <laughs> you you understand what I'm saying, folks? He doesn't just do this. This doesn't. This is not an accident. It doesn't just happen. It takes effort. And if you're the person that you. Get mad at God because you've got to do something and go out of your way for something. My God, get a grip. Right. Think of what's potentially inside of you. what's inside of you now is a seed and He's trying to get it out of you, and you're worried about getting enough sleep so you can get up and go do the same stupid thing over again. You understand me? Yes. and we' got to get beyond this nonsense. She's afraid the kid's going to die and she waits for a preacher to pray for her. She's got no confidence in doctors. God tells her he can do this through one of his servants. And You better get yourself out of yourself. Because there's tons of people out there like her. But yet we sit back and we wonder why people don't like Christians and why well what do we have to offer them, first of all? What do you offer the world? What do you show them that they need that they can latch on to? Too much is gained for us, too much of the old stuff we like holding on to. We resent Letting go. He said I count everything loss. Except for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Now he had something to brag about. He already had religious credentials. More than what most of us have. We got worldly credentials. We got fake credentials. (laughs) Padded resumes. uh Resumes. Resumes. Uh (laughs) and he says this he says i've suffered loss of all things for christ and he said i count them as nothing i don't even talk about them as though they're important i'm not lamenting what i had to be give up to know god he said that i might win christ he said and be found in him not having my own righteousness not calling the shots he said which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ. Righteousness which is by trusting God. You just trust God. And he said what I'm after is to know him in the power of his resurrection. I got to know that. I'm not wanting to know benefits. I'm not wanting to know uh, somebody important in television and all that kind of stuff and be a name dropper. But I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. He said because that's how I attain the resurrection from the dead. I die to me and I raise up in him. Mm -hmm. I die to me and I raise up in him. So testing is the only way to know what's inside of us. There's no other way to know it just like the crucibles the only way to know what impurities are in a mixture of metals because they rise to the top and they bubble over and they're skimmed off and they're burned away so anything that we possess that's not like God is burned away <laughs> i remember i the first i was the first uh, really christian group that I really committed to was a uh, women's ministry women's Glow fellowship and they had monthly meetings and they had weekly bible studies and I went there and I learned the word and <clears throat> when I After I was there probably about a year or so. There was a woman that uh, would come. They all loved her. You know she was one of the first founders of that organization. And I think her husband was a pastor. But she was a prophetess. And she operated uh, uh, very accurately in the gift of the word of knowledge. And uh, she would you know give you a scripture just chapter and verse and you'd go look it up and she'd go look it up with you and she'd prophesy from that so my first (laughs) prophecy I got was in the song of Solomon you know it's a nice little love song and I said God loves me and he said "And, and I put you through the fire early in your relationship with me because I needed to burn away stuff I couldn't use and that's true for all of us fires to burn away stuff he can't use he can't use it he can't use it the only way to get rid of it's got to be burned off now you can say i lay it down but when you want you blanky and you nini, you go right over there and get it mm-hmm. so once it's burned it's gone ashes you just blow away you can't they don't even resemble the thing anymore so then what he is testing is the quality of our spiritual development Conformity really is the quality of your spiritual development. Now the Bible mentions it as a testing of our faith. But really your faith is much more than faith involved. It's faith being a confidence to endure what God's doing. And knowing that God's in charge of it. And knowing what he's doing. And that he will bring you out of it now that doesn't mean that you don't have a roof over your head you don't eat you don't do any of those things but there are some things that God understands will pull your heart things in your heart that will pull you away from him and what he's doing he's trying the reins of your heart what's what pulls you one way or another that's what he's after is after the biggie so then your faith becomes a determination to yield to god so that what comes forth is whatever spiritual force is under scrutiny by him so for instance if you're a person that Holds on to offenses and offends easily and has a tough time forgiving and walking in love and all that kind of stuff your love is going to be under scrutiny you know he'll try the reins of your heart to see if when he tugs on it you'll choose love you know you'll choose to forgive and, and instead of you know trying to retaliate or holding a grudge or or you know keeping it keeping it where you can have it and you can enjoy it in the flesh and all that kind of stuff you know the bible says vengeance is mine that's a tasty morsel for some people you know i mean it really is they they live to show people they live to get even they live to have the final word and so god says that little tasty morsel that you like to that's mine so you can't have that he said, "I'll repay. He said, if I, if somebody owes you something, I'll make sure you get repaid. If if they need punishment, I'll make sure that gets given. Then you know, for the most part, God gives people mercy because that's how you're still here. So you don't like that, God? You can't show them like I can, God. I, you don't know what they said to me and what they how they treat me, all that kind of stuff. He said no nah, you can't have that. That's mine. Huh? I'll take care of all of that.'" and so we don't like letting go of that aspect of being able to assert who we think we are and we're none of that Mm -hmm. just human like everybody else but we try to be a lot greater at the expense of your spiritual development every time you rise up that way your spiritual your spirit man is put on the pushed to the side your flesh man tries to gain the ascendancy in your life and then you'll have to reap the fruit of that you know you sow that deliberately you reap the fruit of that disobedience so then your faith becomes a determination to yield to whatever spiritual force is under scrutiny And we always know what it is. You know, if there are people in your life and, you know, they continue to offend you with their words and, you know, all that kind of stuff, God's testing you to see if you will respond with the right spiritual force. Sometimes people don't even think they have stuff like that in them and they do. And so you just realize, you know, uh, somebody dug a little deep here and found something I thought was not there. Mm-hmm. and so it comes out you talk to God about it you repent you tell him God I'm, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this he said I know you will because I'm working on it uh, we going to get rid of this when I'm done it will not be a problem to you anymore mm-hmm. because I have plans for you my plan number one is for you to conform to the image of my son and number two when I get ready to tell you to do something and I can, I send you to people who don't like you don't treat you right don't cut you a big check don't roll out the red carpet for you when you come in there to preach i can send you these people and you won't whine whimper complain and tell them off and go back home Mm -hmm. see there are, are prominent ministers who don't have that kind of spiritual development just because they're up there doesn't mean they got up there legit and it doesn't mean that they don't have stuff that God's going to work on in the crucible because they've escaped the crucible because they have a good confession and they have faith and they have all these things but the crucible dear. there huh? the crucible is you you have a a, a worldwide ministry and you got a kid that will call the police and have you put in jail. That's a crucible. Hmm. See there's something that God's after. It's not just the devil. If it's the devil you rebuke him. If it's the devil you can cast him out of your kid. And you have harmony there. But these things are God's test. To make sure that we conform to the image of. Of his son. He doesn't care. About your mega church. Your worldwide ministry. He's had mega church worldwide ministries. Since the church started. In fact he's had more powerful. Mega church worldwide ministries. The early church. It was nothing for God to save. Three to five thousand people in one day. And they all spoke in tongues. And they all went to church every day. And they all turned the cities. That they were in upside down. With the gospel. So he's not impressed with your numbers. He gives the increase anyway. Them is God's people; they're not yours. And so God will put you in that refining fire whenever He sees a need to. Don't care how big you are and how little whatever else is. He has a crucible for the big ones and the little ones. However we look at it, testing can never be avoided never and you should not want it to be avoided you should be able to withstand the pressures of life in God and know that you will come out refined you will not be the same person the crucible is the pressure of forces that put the squeeze on you that you can't get out of you can't unravel this you can't talk your way out of it you can't rebuke it or confess it away you have to endure it Now when God puts these pressures on us, he really wants to release the fruit of the spirit. He wants you to see what's in there that's of him. He's not just trying to get you to to show yourself in the flesh and show what your flesh does. He wants you to see that there's more in you than you thought was in there. See? And so many times he will he will do this and, and, and if you will cooperate with him, he'll show you. Now this is the way you yield to this power that's in you. You don't have to go the cheap flesh route all the time. There's another way to go and you can yield to the fruit of the spirit. And that will rise up to the top with what's there in the flesh. All you got to do is repent of what your flesh just confessed. And what your flesh just did and so God will have a way to do these things to make sure that we conform and that we understand that that we can go either way you know you need to walk with him to assure that your spiritual development stays what he wants it to be because he's got a much bigger picture planned for his people he's got much bigger things for his people to do he's got more things that he wants where he wants to use his people if we will allow him to this process of conformity allow him this process of of refining and know that it's a good thing you know the the bible talks about the testing of god it says for the for the present time it's never pleasant huh you know it's it's you know you're waiting and you want certain things to happen in your life and they don't happen yet and you know some things will never happen you know we don't think that when we first begin to believe but it's possible you know to miss god it's possible you don't want to think it's possible but it is possible how many people ever get 100% of god's best for them and so we we allow God to make these changes so that you 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 know you look at it this way well God I didn't get it all in this life but you know what when you when you called on me to, to stay late at the church or you called on me to do that cleaning at the church or you called on me to let people in and take my day off from work to make sure that people got in or you called on me to do the extra painting in the church and all that kind of stuff I let my flesh go and I allowed you to use me even though it was a squeeze for me you got me this is this is what's important folks What's important? God has all that stuff for you. We get a second rotation in this thing. We come back to a new heaven and a new earth where there's no devil and nothing hindering. But you know what people? We've trained ourselves now in our little faith confession you know, mentality of things. To not even accept the fact that we can make errors in our faith. Or we can miss God in our faith. I remember listening to a woman, highly anointed woman, a prophetess. And she said that she spent 10 years, first 10 years of her ministry, God sent her to Israel. She spent the first 10 years of her ministry struggling financially. And she said when she got back home she started to think about it and, and she just... Kind of like it kind of hung in her mind. And she started to ask God. And God said well what did I tell you to read in the Bible for your ministry. And she said you gave me the first chapter of whatever it was. And uh, she read it. And she read the first six verses. And got excited. And took off. And the next rest of the chapter talked about the provision she never got faith for the provision she only got faith for the work well when you're a new christian you're excited you just run off with things you're so happy god wants to use you you don't think about anything like that and think how many of us have left the provision behind because we're so adamant about getting something i want that huh and we never develop faith for the provision for the timing for all of the things that god has prepared so that we can enjoy the thing you got me she struggled in that ministry for years the devil stole money from them held up her husband's paycheck for over a year and a half all those things simply because she never read the whole thing she just got excited about a little bit so it's easy to miss whoever thought Benny Hinn's wife would be at Betty Ford your husband's a heal he's got a healing ministry honey you know it's kind of like hello check in over there not at Betty but you can do what you got to do you know I mean it's it's unreal thinking in a way you know uh, somebody and she's she's been in church with him a participant in the ministry it's not like she was unsaved and ignorant and all this stuff she's been right there knowing god for you know came from a a family of pastors but see this this business of the testing folks and being conformed to the image of christ god's serious about it he's serious about it he doesn't care how embarrassed you are of the fallout you know it's that's hard enough when you're Christian in a small circle but when you're a Christian worldwide and everybody knows your business all the time but see let me tell you how I know they're going to be successful if they just stay stay in the mindset they're in now I'll put it that way they'll be successful because all of the baggage they've dropped all the baggage see they're not trying to carry baggage around and be conformed at the same time. You can't do that. What do I mean by baggage? Your reputation—that's one bag. What people think about you—that's another bag. Your your uh, supporters, the ones, your partners—that's another bag. Your material things, your finances. Am I going to lose the house? It's another bag. All of the baggage. The extra things we carry that are not necessary for the conforming process. Sometimes we carry too much stuff that we think is more important than the process of being conformed. So God's got to reach back and grab a lot of us who thought we were okay and not. Got me? Not quite sometimes we like to do things too fast and we miss the process when God puts us in the fire there's always a fourth man in there and if you understand how precious time with the fourth man is let me say it again because let me tell you what we like about this story Ooh, there's a fourth man in the fire and he looks like the son of god means i'm getting out but that fire didn't burn them they could stayed in there a lot longer than they did because the fourth man was there I'm going to say it again. If we realize how important time with the fourth man is. We wouldn't despise the testing. We wouldn't want it to be over so quick. Let me tell you how I know that's true. I've had people that that I've heard give testimonies over the years. You know healing testimonies. And um, this one woman was sharing that she had a pretty lengthy illness you know she was in the hospital she said i was in a coma for a lot of the time and and uh, she said when i was able to she said the first thing i wanted to do was to read my bible and she said for most of the time i laid there and i would read scriptures and talk to the lord about it she said to be honest with you she said i've tried to get that back again since i've been well she said and if i had to do it all over again i'd gladly do it because of what i gained in god now see the people who don't have that experience we sitting there looking like will she get finished what she's saying it's gonna make all the sick people get happy what's her problem got me he goes through things the right way there's the fourth man in the fire and he's the one that you're to behold because you're being conformed to his image and you need to listen to him and you need to understand what he's telling you you need to pay full attention to what he's giving you the scriptures he gives you when you're in difficulty the scriptures he gives you when you're in trouble when you can't get up off a sick bed real quick when you've got to spend time with him you got to listen intently and understand what he's speaking into your spirit because that's the conformity right there. That's the process. He's being conformed to you're being conformed to his image. How did Jesus meet so many people and heal them and have the right words to say to them so that the anointing got through to them and they got healed? How do you do that? Well if you're the type of person who will take these experiences. And know that they can enrich your life. Not only you endure and, and you get through them. But as you go through. Spend time with the fourth man. Let your focus be him. Don't let your focus be getting out. Getting my healing. Getting back on my feet. Getting. With, get, 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 getting. Hmm. Be so anxious to get to getting. But understand what God's doing. He has chosen to pull you away from your ordinary routine and to allow you to see who He really is. You get a true reflection of Him psalm 7 verse 9 says god tries the hearts he tests your heart he's testing our hearts jeremiah 11 20 he tries the reins of our hearts if we turn toward carnality if we get an attitude and. I don't want to do this anymore. And God, you promised me so and so. And why do I have to put up with this? And why don't why don't you do this for me? I've been waiting for this long and that long and that long. When he he pulls the reins of your heart and you don't yield to him, don't go his way. There's a a, a an aroma that's released because you're a sacrifice, folks. Huh? Mm-hmm. You're a sacrifice. You're being crucified. That's what the crucible is for. To crucify you. So that you can submit to the death. When carnality arises there is an odor that God can't tolerate. Hmm? So he is squeezing us to release a savor. And he wants something that's a sweet aroma to his nostrils. So, when we yield to the fruit of love, if we have a difficult time with people and we decide we're going to yield to the fruit of love, we're not going to defend ourselves. We're not going to get angry. We're not going to put people in their place and show them and stomp off and all that stuff. And if we decide we're going to yield to the fruit of God and He squeezes us to release that fruit. You're being and he says, oh I like that smell. huh? It's an aroma that he just savors. He he loves that. It's the sweet savor of Christ. So then when we're offered up, when we are put to the test where we can't have what we want. We don't like where we are and we long to be someplace different. We want to be further, what we consider further ahead than we are in God. Or whatever it is that we think we're after. And God puts that press on us. He's after that sweet smell. Did you know he would linger over the sacrifice under the old covenant. He'd linger over the tent of sacrifice. Just because the people were repenting of their sins. And offering up animal sacrifices. And he stayed there the whole time the sacrifices were being made. Why? Because he liked the smell that came up. He liked the odor that came forth. The Bible says that we're to be a sweet savor of Christ. So wherever he, he would, would see one of his children having to go through and enduring what he would have them go through and that aroma came up. He followed that person. The, the spirit of God follows the aroma. That's why Catherine Kuhlman, after all she'd been through in disobedience, she could have a meeting where people got healed, and and you know she knew exactly when the healing, the Holy Spirit was moving through the crowd, what he was doing. She operated principally in the word of knowledge, so people would know what to expect. God in that area where they were. It's because she never raised her hand to take her life back she knew what her weakness was and she kept under all the time and the holy spirit smelled that she was under the press she was married to this man he was divorced but she married him anyway in disobedience and she followed him around and she finally let him go because it wasn't her husband anyway got a living wife and they were both saved at the time It's different if you're a sinner. You don't have a covenant with God. That binds you in the same way. Even though there are some sinners that want their marriages saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? all depends on where you are. And what God opens up in revelation to you. What he can do for you. But there she was. And she knew she was wrong. She put this man before God for years. And she let him go. Never to pick that back up again. Well God honored that. He said she's. She's living the crucified life like I want her to and the Holy Spirit when she was tried and she had her bouts of loneliness and she clung to God he liked that aroma that was admitted from her sacrifice and he just hung around her all the time. That's why she walked through the the back of a a hotel and everybody would fall under the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, I like that smell. I'm following her. I like that. 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 It's worth it to get God's I like that on your life. Don't you think anybody want that power? Don't you think it's worth it? That's how she got it. Living the crucified life. Letting God be her only companion. And expecting him to fill her life up. And boy he filled it up. Filled it up with himself. Don't tell me you can't be by yourself and be fulfilled. Amen. The silliest thing I've ever heard. You have Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and, and the the how the uh uh, uh heavenly host and, and then those that God would draw that he thinks are fit company for you? Are you kidding me? So God's looking for what comes out under the press, folks, what comes out in the squeeze. We all react in the flesh sometimes. But you repent. And you get over in the spirit. Tell God you're sorry. God. I, man I sure didn't mean to do that. Or I sure didn't mean to say that. Here I am being pressed again. And <laughs> More of that comes out. Where's the sweet stuff? <laughs> I'm waiting for the sweet savor. And it's there. You know, all you got to do is let God pull your heart back in his direction. So, we're pressed. Bible says we're the sweet savor of christ second Corinthians two Now, this don't mean you don't have to wear perfume in the natural and don't nobody get it all get it all twisted like you know I'm a sweeten all you you know what I'm saying. you gotta help that flesh sometimes. 14 verse 14 now thanks be unto god which causes us to us to triumph in christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place you walk in the spirit and god makes people know you belong to him it was something different it Let's people know you belong to him i was in the title bureau yesterday and was doing some things and them places are usually wild man you know it's People all over everywhere and they're frustrated and hot and mad and the help is mad and everybody's mad. And this place had almost nobody there. There were two clerks there and a nice, nice, pleasant, really peaceful woman was helping me. And we were talking and she was just, well, this you put this here. Now, most people, if you go to to sign your title as a seller and the buyers, you know, they want to give you a hard time. She was just like she expected me to come and we'll fill this out. And this is how you do that. And that's how you do that. And so I said, whoa, I said, I was all prepared to give you you know my little letters i said i got flyers here to prove i'm the pastor of the church and this and that and so forth and so she was looking at it and she said oh she said that's really nice i said well that's me with my hair combed that's that's my standard story you know i ain't combed today but anyway you know we were just talking a little bit and so I didn't need it I had a couple newsletters I said well I said well let me leave this with you and I said that's our newsletter I said we have a a healing and miracle service and she said really I said yes she said you know what she told me a story about God healing her she was went to a church and uh, years ago, so years ago, I was very sick and uh, she said some friends of mine, they have a healing me- meeting at their church. She didn't say what kind of church it was. And I went over there and they prayed for me and you know they anointed me with the oil and everything. She said and and God healed me. Almost instantly I was healed. She said and she said recently I, w- I started feeling bad again. She said I went back over there again. She said, and I, she said I'm so much better now. <laughs> But see, there's that peace on her that controls that whole because she's received of God. See, she's received of God. That sweet savor that He likes. He's, I like this lady. I think I'm gonna stick around her. That's all He says. When we yield the right way to God's Spirit, He begins to and He searches the whole earth to find people that He can abide with. Just people who are are wanting him more than them (laughs) or more than anything else that's what he wants we provide the sweet aroma for him that it's so he just enjoys it so much he really does so when we're pressed if the carnality comes out god always has to cause us to endure more because there's there's Things that he can't use rising to the surface. He wants us purified, and he doesn't stop. He knows what he wants. He knows what we can we can uh, endure, even though we say we can't take it another day. God, if you don't do something tonight, I'm just don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, you go sit there and endure some more, and try to yield to some fruit that's in you. Find some peace about yourself. Eventually, people get tired of being upset and they quit but you want to do it with knowledge so that you understand what God's doing he's not just trying to upset you he's trying to conform you to his son's image Job twenty three ten shows you that a person can go through these difficulties with knowledge it's not supposed to be a hidden mystery from us We're supposed to understand these things. Understand the process. What God's doing. And what he's after. And then we can cooperate with it better. Job says in verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. In other words he knows my heart. He knows which way I'm going to go. When he tugs on the strings of my heart. He says but. When I, when he has tried me I shall come forth as gold. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to pass the test. Know that his spirit is strong in us. That we can endure the hardship quote unquote that's there. God will have a glorious church. He will have a church filled with his glory. One that has been tried and without spot or wrinkle. All we have to learn to do is accept, submit, and endure. If we rebel, we will eat the fruit of our carnality. But if we accept and endure, we'll eat the fruit of righteousness. The Bible says, a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12. bruised and verse 2 really verse 1 <clears throat> the apostle has been speaking about all of the different people who have gone before us and I think that part's important. You know, it's important to know the history of your own people. And as Christians, we have a people that we have a history of, you know, the people that you know in your church are not all of your your family even though they're a part of it. But we're part of this great cloud of witnesses. These are people that walked this earth and obeyed God and really didn't have as much as we have. But they were able to accomplish whatever God had them to accomplish in their time. And he says seeing we are are encompassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words there's people watching us folks to see how we do. Now you may think that it's just you and God that knows it but they know what we're doing. He said let's just put the baggage down. You know, put down the reputation. Put down the in the sin that easily besets us. Your pet things. Your nini Stuff you don't want God to take. You scared he going to take it away from you. If you scared he, he wants it. It's gone already. It's a good way for the devil to get a hold of it. And he said let us run with patience this race that's set before us. Don't be impatient for what God has for you. You know, it, It's a learning thing. You have to learn even though you think you want it right now. You have to allow yourself some development. Mature people look back and think boy I'm really glad God didn't give that to me when I first asked for it. You know I couldn't have done anything. He knows best. It says looking unto Jesus. So that's where you keep your focus. You keep your your face in the mirror. In other words stay in the word when God is is allowing you the privilege of being refined and conformed you look unto Jesus just stay in the word keep your eyes focused on him and what God is doing to what's missing from your your spirit development and what God's putting in there okay what do you need in there. What do you? Some people just need to trust God with whatever it is. They're trying to run everything themselves and afraid it's going to get away from it. It'll get away from you real easy. If you're trying to control it. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. So you're not going to be able to do anything without his approval. He already knows what you're going to look like at the end of the race. And so he's there helping you to endure. Stay right in there. Okay now it's time to move. No it's not time to move. We're to tolerate this. You know and and endure looking unto Jesus. Not at what the world offers or what we think we're missing. Mm -hmm. That's the great temptation. If you focus on your lack you're not focusing on him. The Lord is my shepherd I have no lack. No want no nothing. So this is how you live off of the fruit of God we are complete in him and the test comes to prove that to us not to God you're not showing him anything he knows what you're made out of he knows too how to deliver the righteous out of temptation if it's too much for you really he'll pull you out of there no parent teaching their kid to swim is going to let them drown to show them teach them a lesson he'll pull you out of there You're going to go back in at some point but he'll pull you out if it's really too much for us And he tests us because he's promised to complete us. This is part of his promise to us to conform us to the image of his son. Down in verse 11, he says he he refers to the test also as a discipline or chastening. It's not a beating, it's not a spanking, it's a discipline to see if you'll stay with God. Trust that even though he's pulling you in a direction you don't want to go, that you're going to come out the better for being there don't be so touchy about everything you got to have it this temperature and that temperature and you don't like this and you don't like that huh like Rachel so beastly hot out here (laughs) Baba. (laughs) <laughs> and pick the i know these little kids pick up their language it's like bianca grunting going up the stairs and she was only two with me and Gigi having a hard time getting up there <laughs> you know gotta have things a certain way and god has to be able to have people they put in beastly hot climates and they can go over there and bless people and smile and do everything but he says it's not for the present time, Is no chastening for the present time, it seems to be joyous. Mm-hmm. Seems. Mm-hmm. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, you'll see that's the small part when you see the nevertheless. Whatever they said before that is not important. It's not important what you can't have. Not important how long you had to wait for something. It's not important. He said afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. There's no other way to get that. Now we have imputed righteousness but it's got to grow. And it's a peaceable fruit. There's no law against righteousness. And you can can take that to the bank. That's what causes all the right things to come in your life that's what causes God to trust you to pray with with strangers total strangers that come up to you you don't have to go hunting them down you know what I'm saying that that kind of nonsense thing the divine appointments he trusts you with divine appointments and there is a cost to it you know there's a high price to it I would love to have had a snap healing out of a nervous breakdown I could have used those five years to do some things that I got too old to do later But they were necessary. So I'm being conformed to the image of him. Trusting that whatever it is that I think I may have missed because of that. He'll make it up to me. He'll make it up to me. There's no loss when you count for gain the conformity of Christ. Amen. Father we thank you for your word and for understanding. Knowledge and power that comes with it. We thank you Lord for the gift of believing believing you believing everything that you have for us is good there's a good purpose there and there's richness there we thank you for that lord and we bless you for it in jesus name amen if you need prayer come on up and i'll pray for you praise the lord